Welcome to the Warning Track Power Hour. I'm Andrew Scaff. He's Mike Worman. Today we're going to bump the Royals back up to the number one spot on the show because they've improved so dramatically. Much deserved. Uh, <laughs> before, before we talk a little bit more about the uh, NHL and NBA playoffs uh, and wrap up today's episode with uh, some NFL and Chiefs news, uh, we'll start with the Royals as just mentioned uh Mike the uh King Charles has coronated <laughs> had his uh, coronation over the weekend I uh, had my over under number of hours of coverage that you watched uh of the coronation at over under three hours were who won the bet the over yeah. the unders the, uh, I had uh, I had under I didn't watch any of it actually. Oh wow! I was busy with final exam things and law school stuff, and um, yeah, I just didn't pay attention. I will, I'll probably watch some of the. I saw some of the like photos and things like that, and I'll probably maybe a little bit of news, um, footage of it, but I didn't watch any of the actual coronation, even though probably I should have. But it was uh, just something I didn't do. Um, I watched as much Royals that of of royals uh, kansas city royals footage as i did of british royals coverage so i was not um i was i was busy with work and things like that these past past few days but um i am glad to see that the royals crawled out of at least a tie for the worst record in baseball they when they had they lost some games to the a's but then they um and they but now dip down two tied for last and now have mm-hmm. now there's two games yeah. clear of Oakland, at least in the win column. Uh yeah. the, the Royals are 10 and 27, and the A's are eight and twenty-nine. So they're two full games ahead of the A's. So that's uh you know, for the second worst. So the they're, they're number 31 out of 30, or uh, thir- uh 29 out of 30 in um major league. They did drop uh, two of three games to Oakland, so I'm not sure that we can really, you know, <laughs> think that we're much better than them uh, in Oakland, anything yeah. other than record because uh, head-to-head did not go so well. Well, at least the Royals, if even if they are moving stadiums, they aren't moving out of town, unless you count perhaps North Kansas City out of town. So the the Royals have that going for them. They don't have a they don't have a possum right in their uh, <laughs> that, we're, that we visiting. are aware of anyway yeah did um did you, i guess did you see that there, there was a story i guess this week that uh they cleared the site um in north kansas city Ooh. that's on the list uh, as potential potential uh, royal stadium sites uh so they did they did actually like you know as a sort of show at least anyway it's like look how ready the site is for the uh royals mm-hmm. to move in here it's already cleared and ready for you to build. Uh, <laughs> One more thing that the Royals have over the A's, I, I didn't want to uh, forget, was um, they didn't have a broadcaster suspended for accidentally, perhaps accidentally, saying the, the, the N-word on, on uh, TV or on, on the radio when he was talking about the Negro Leagues Museum uh, that he had visited. And um, I don't know what... Uh, I, I haven't actually listened to the clip, but it was... Uh, I listened to it because I, I was expecting it to be less blatant, and it was very. It was clear. more. It was more blatant. It wasn't, it wasn't like, uh, like 
I've seen like stories like that before to see just because I'm curious to like what did they actually say something that was that was bad or was it just perceived that way? I was like, nah, no, he definitely said it. Or like, like did he stumble like, over it and did he immediately correct nope, it? Or did... Nope, he hit it pretty hard. It was uh, <laughs> not great, not great. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, apparently uh, suspended indefinitely uh, from this post uh, as an announcer for the time being. So um, yeah, it was not, not, uh, not, not definitely not pretty anyway. So that's, shouldn't do that, Mike. I, I, yeah, I don't think so. That's that's not good. Um, yeah, uh, Glenn Kuyper, uh never made the majors, but he is the younger brother of Dwayne Kuyper, former major league player, hmm. who hit. Okay, so Dwayne Kuyper, uh, he played many years uh, for the uh, Cleveland Indians and San Francisco Giants. Uh, over about 12 seasons. He was not a great player, mostly a utility um, infielder. He had 971 hits in his major league career. So not too bad. Mm-hmm. How many home runs did Dwayne Kuyper hit in his major league career? 971 hits. How many home runs? How many, what, how many of them were home runs? I'll say 10. Much, much lower. He had a grand total of one home oh. run in across uh, 12 major league seasons. He's in, the, uh, like Nicky Lopez territory. Hitter, hitting uh, player. He hit a home run in 1977. Um, uh, I believe Joe Posnanski was a big fan of uh, Dwayne Kuyper. Uh, you can probably really? read. He probably wrote uh, a book about Joint Kuyper's um, only home run. Um, he uh, was a, he hit a home run off of another future. Bro- so his so his brother um, Glenn Kuyper is a, is the is the A's broadcaster, and he was and he's been suspended. Uh, he never made the majors. Glenn Dwayne Kuyper also would become a broadcaster. He's the San Francisco Giants, one of their play by play guys. He hit his home run off of. Steve Stone of the Chicago White Sox, who would also become a, a oh, yeah. major league broadcaster. He, I think, Steve yeah, I mean, Stone uh, kind of replaced Harry Carey when uh, Harry Carey was uh, on the was 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 going off the rails and, and about ready to uh, um, uh, no longer be with us. Uh, so it was it was a lot of uh, broadcasters. Uh, uh, broadcaster, broadcaster, crime there. Yes. Uh, so he had one home run in 3,754 career plate appearances, which is, I believe, the lowest ratio of anybody who has actually hit a home run in major. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and you thought we wouldn't have anything to talk about today. There uh, you go. Um, so yeah, the Royals are, are doing better in all sorts of departments than the A's. Um, so the, have you been, been down to the North Kansas City site? Have you seen it cleared or have you just heard about it? I just saw an article about it. I didn't go down there. I've been near there, but I didn't go all the way over to that site. The bowling alley is gone. Apparently. Former one of your former haunts. Yep. I liked it in KC Pro Bowl as well. Um yeah. the old AMF lanes that were probably closer to your house when growing up. Uh is a you know, is a 
car dealership. Car dealership. The yeah. King Lou, they were King Louie when we were kids, and then yeah. they became AMF, I believe. Yeah, became AMF, I think, afterwards. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. All those bowling alleys. I think we, we we've talked about the bowling alleys of of um, Gladstone and North Kansas City, Kansas City North, quite a bit on this uh, on this show. I think I think maybe only the Gladstone Bowl, Seventy Second Street, is still I think around. It's still there. I'm not sure though. But yeah, because um, Antioch Lanes uh, went away even before Antioch Mall was was renovated, um, and of mm. course, I, I, as I like to bring up, I remember you mentioning to me that the Antioch Lanes you felt were too oily, uh, so you didn't you didn't like playing. I don't remember that. I'm sure it's true it. though. <laughs> I don't remember saying that, but also, <laughs> it was probably true. I wouldn't have said um, it otherwise, right? Yeah. Those lanes did suck. I remember them sucking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Speaking of oily, I, I, don't, I wish I had a, a better segue uh, no. to go with with oily. Uh, but any, um, well, we're going to talk about hockey later with the Edmonton Oilers, I suppose. But um, any other uh, baseball news uh, you want to? Well, talk about? I would say uh, the the um, the. Um, appendicitis from Nicky Lopez apparently seems to have been the switch from the uh, the offense of the Royals being quite sluggish to actually performing. Yeah, I, I did this little bit of math here Ooh. over the weekend, but uh, in the 18 games that Nicky Lopez started, the team was 5-13, and 13, averaged 2.61 runs of offense per game. Not very good. And the nine games now since then, their win percentage is only slightly better. Three and th- three and six, still better, mm-hmm. uh, but they've scored more runs in those nine games than they did in the eighteen games that Nicky Lopez started. There are fifty-eight runs across those nine games, or six point four four runs per game. That's that's a solid that's a solid offense if they could hold the team if they could hold their it's not very good if you're if you're averaging six point four four runs a game and not only winning one third of your games that's not so yeah good. part of the issue has been that they also were giving up six point four four runs per game as they were uh gave up exactly the same number of runs uh that they scored but you'd still think they'd be closer to five hundred at least during that stretch yeah but uh man the starting pitching was pretty yeah. awful in that at least in that first week and has improved somewhat but they have not they did quite they as did manage to win 10 games by the end of the homestand they did not manage to win 10 games by the time lorenzo kane uh retirement ceremony uh took place did you look at did you look at the attendance rec the attendance uh numbers for the royals um since was one, uh, they started their homestand one, uh, in baltimore against baltimore yeah i they've saw had that. Ten thousand to... game where people showed up to. Yeah, they had twenty nine, twenty nine thousand plus uh, in on Saturday night with Lorenzo Kane, but they've oh, it's about three times as much as a lot of the other games they were. Right. Uh, <laughs> the game before what was the attendance. The game before and the game after. Well, the game before was fifteen nine six six. The game after was twelve seven forty. But those were those were uh, uh, set Friday and Sunday nights, so that's a little bigger. But their weekend weekday nights, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, they averaged about uh, between ten and eleven thousand, and then starting Monday and Tuesday, between nine and eleven thousand. So like they've they've been around the ten thousand ish mark 
on non-weekend nights. So this, even with the ballpark fountains pass that you could have gotten, you could have gotten each game for $2.50. This would have been, you could have had the, you, you know, you, you, you could have really sat probably in the front row um, if you wanted to. Uh, for you just walk down. You can, yeah. Walk I down guess the ushers might have been a little bit, uh, I don't know. At least you could have gotten pretty good seats. Yeah. Um, so that's, but yeah, so it seems like the A's, I mean, the, the Royals attendance has really uh, cratered, although in early April, it wasn't much more than 10,000. So either. So like that's, you can say, well, it's cold and things like that. Um, now the weather's heating up. School's starting to maybe get Just out. It's starting to warm up. Yeah, they've, they've been doing these really early start times too, which does not make it easy. Uh, I think to get to the games because yeah, with the shorter games now, I think we had talked about maybe they can move back to starting at seven thirty rather than. They've actually moved them up for the uh, school year portion of the season. So yeah, they're at six forty start time PM locally. Uh, that is very most, most of the games are over by you know nine o'clock then so uh, still nobody's there well i think it's i think it's because it's too early yeah it's, it's my is my opinion at least anyway <laughs> it's hard to get from work yeah all the way over to the game especially if you're work far away or navigate traffic through rush hour um but so the rails are 10 27 looks like they're going to be drastically under our prediction one team that seems like there might be over my original prediction still is the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they they've they've only two and eight in their last ten, but they're still twenty one sixteen, leading the NL Central. I am wearing uh, a commemorative nineteen seventy one Pittsburgh Pirates World Series uh, T shirt that I got uh, for free a couple years ago at uh, PNC Park on the fiftieth anniversary uh, celebration of the Pirates nineteen seventy one World Series. They also won the 79 World Series to kind of bookend uh, the 1970s. Uh, you can, can you name any of the Pirates players on either of the 71 or 79 World Series teams? I would. There were at least two Hall of Famers. Guess maybe one from the 71. But uh, who's, who's that? Um, Clemente. Yeah, Roberto Clemente. Yeah, he died okay. soon. After I believe the seventy-one World Series, I'm not sure uh, what he died in. Uh, at the end of nineteen seventy-two season, so he decided, died New Year's Eve nineteen seventy-two on a humanitarian uh, mission to Puerto Rico, I believe, um, or coming back. From, he was he was doing some sort of humanitarian work in the Caribbean, I believe, in the mm. off season. Um, he retired. He he died. Um, do, you, do you know how many hits? Uh, Clemente had when he died. It wasn't he like one shy of three thousand, or he was exactly three. Oh, it was exactly he, was, he, had, exact, he had exactly three thousand. So you were really close, yeah. yeah. Exactly three thousand hits. Um, other notable players for that seventy-one Pirates team uh, was uh, Willie Stargell, uh, and um, and let's see, any other. Uh, now Oliver was a decent player. Uh, Dave Cash, no relation to uh, the uh, our our neighbor David, our former neighbor David Cash. Uh, Bill Mazeroski was still on. This is another Hall of Famer. Bill Mazeroski was still on that team. Um, he was the uh, hero of the 1960 World Series, I believe. Hmm. Um, uh, but uh, in terms of pitching, um, uh, some, uh, 
there were two, <laughs> there, were, there was, a, they, had, they both had, a, the Pirates had a player, both, uh, two two players both named after animals, it seemed like, or three, actually, on the uh, Pirates had animal last names or first names. Uh, they had really? John John Lamb. Yes. In two games. Bob Moose, who uh, uh, was kind of the number five starter, and Mudcat Grant, uh, <laughs> who was a relief pitcher. You know what? Mudcat... what which Hall of Famers were on that team then? Uh, Bill Mazeroski. Um, Clemente, uh, Willie Stargell, and oh, Willie Stargell, yeah, yeah, yeah. Roberto Clemente. Mudcat Grant was the first black pitcher to win twenty games in a season in the American League. Hmm. Uh, and he pitched two complete World Series victories in uh, nineteen sixty-five uh, for um, uh, the uh, the Minnesota Twins. Hmm. Um, because the Twins didn't win the World Series that year that they lost to. I'm not sure who they lost to in 1965. Cardinals or Dodgers in the league. But uh, you know, Mudcat Grant. Uh, he was James Timothy Mudcat Grant Jr. Mudcat was not his given name. Mudcat was not his given name. No. Uh, but, Moose uh, was Bob Moose's given name. Yes, because that was his last name. I guess it wasn't his given name. It was, it was his surname. But uh, probably the most famous uh, pitcher, though, uh, was was uh, starting pitcher Doc Ellis, uh, who um, won 19 games, 3.06 ERA. Uh, you know, do you remember Doc Ellis's most famous achievement? Uh, did, was he the player who like threw a no hitter on LSD? Yes, that was Doc Ellis. He had, I think it was the previous. Either the previous or next season, he threw he threw a no hitter high on LSD. So yeah, that was uh, they had a colorful team. Uh, uh, did uh, I guess so? They also had um, almost four uh, players with with animal last names. Uh, their 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 starting pitcher with the lowest ERA that season was Steve Blass B L A S S. If it only the L were not around him, Steve Bass, but. Yeah, so that was, uh, I don't know why I really want to talk about the 1971 Pittsburgh Pirates, but uh, the Pirates that year, uh, they played at Three Rivers Stadium. Um, they didn't. Ha- they only had a 1.5 million, uh, uh, only 1.5 million people at- were uh, attending those games. So they were mm-hmm. seventh out of 12 in the National League, which is strange, right, for a, a World Series team. You would think they'd have higher attendance than... Yeah, five million because like like when the Royals were good, they were averaging more than two million per. Yeah, one point five million is less than twenty thousand per game. Just interesting, I think. Because that would have been the full one hundred sixty-two game season then, right? Yeah, it would have been. Yeah, yeah, they finished nineteen seventy-one, ninety-seven of sixty-five. So they were they won the World Series over the Orioles. Uh, in a uh, seven-game series, yeah. they beat the Giants in the NLCS. But yeah, they were only uh, 1.5 million. But their their attendance was pretty low. It seems like throughout the 1970s, they never um, got more than 1.5 million. It seems like 
when they won in 1979, their attendance was even lower, 1.435 million. Mm. And they were 10th out of 12 in the National League when they had another World Series team, which they also won 1979, 4-3 over the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, so those are, uh, but yeah, nobody nobody went to the games, which is a little strange. Mm. I guess 1970s in Pittsburgh, that was the Steelers' time, and maybe maybe the summer wasn't so great for being outside and breathing in all the uh particulates and smog and and things like that so maybe they stayed inside i don't know but uh, because that would have been so was that three rivers then it was three rivers yeah but that, that wasn't a tiny park so no no i don't know yeah three rivers stadium baseball capacity was 40 was almost forty eight thousand. so it's a big part uh, yeah they could have had a lot more people at those games, but they didn't. I guess they didn't have enough T-shirt uh, giveaways like 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 this one. Um, Must be that's it. how you really that's how the royal you know that's how you really bring people into the ballpark these days. Um. So, uh, but anyway, do you want to move on? Uh, we were talking about enough about baseball, perhaps. Sure. Want to talk a little bit about the uh, NBA playoffs? Sure. How those are shaping up? Um. Who do you uh? Who do you like out west? Who's 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 going to emerge as victorious uh, uh, in the Eastern Conference? Well, let's see. The Lakers are up three to one over the Warriors in the West, and uh, let's see. As of right now, I think Denver is up three games to two. Yeah, they just won tonight. One one eighteen to one hundred two. Philadelphia is also up in Eastern Conference three to two. They won at Boston, um, one fifteen to one hundred three. Joel Embiid, uh, your one of your least favorite players, had a a big game. Uh, I'm really tonight. torn on them because I I do like uh, James Harden though. So, uh, yeah. I did find it I found it enjoyable though that uh, you know they they were winning without Embiid. Embiid came back and they got crushed in Embiid's first game back. Yeah, Harden Harden took a step back. He's he had 17 points, 10 assists, eight rebounds, almost a triple double. Uh, But uh, Embiid had 33 tonight. Harden actually had more rebounds than Embiid. Embiid only had seven rebounds. So, uh, but Maxi had a big game. Um, And yeah, the uh, you have the recent games that the uh, I know the last two wins from the 76ers. Harden had huge games, like 40-plus points. And so it looks like if Philly is going to make a real run at things, like they almost have to have him step up. Yeah. Although he, although he didn't have as many points today in their victory. but The Heat are also uh, commanding have a commanding lead in their series against the Knicks. So they're the number eight seed, up 3-1 over the four, over the, over the fifth seeded. Next, so um, it seems like probably you would think that the winner of Boston and Philadelphia would have an easy path to the finals, only having to beat Miami. But Miami has always been a really tough playoff team. Yeah, it seems like they don't really care about the regular season so much, uh, but they certainly show up for playoff games. That has been their sort of. Mo. Yeah, and you could say, well, Jimmy Butler is on uh, the Heat, 
he could have been still on the 76ers if if they I don't know why they got rid of him but they did um and so think of how good the uh Philadelphia would be if they could manage to have well they probably wouldn't have wouldn't have Harden if they well, he was on the bill or on the uh, Bulls for a while then too afterwards but yeah 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 but uh he was it, yeah it seems like Butler is kind of carrying or at least uh, a big part of the the Heat's uh, success. He's averaging almost 34 points uh, yeah. and five assists uh, per game in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, I'm looking. For, I'm looking. I'm hoping for a Lakers and either Sixers or Celtics final. I would like to see Lakers Suns rather than Lakers Nuggets. But um, yeah, Denver's a good team. Uh, they had that uh, the, the the Phoenix Denver. They had there was that um, incident between. Um, the the Durant. owner, Durant, and the uh, not Durant, um, Jokic, Jokic, yeah, Nicole Jokic, Jokic, and the owner for uh, the Suns, yes, the billionaire owner, one of them. Did you did you see the clip? Yeah, yeah. Um, do you think, you think that, it would be warranting of a suspension? It seems like that didn't happen, so I don't I don't think it's I, uh, yeah. it's going to happen. I don't know. I think I think if an owner gets involved, I think you could say that's tampering, kind of, because it's one. It's you have it's a player. It's not even just like a fan with an interest, but it's a a person who is involved, who's maybe causing some sort of uh, incident. I think, um, yeah, I think he. Uh, although the guy said he he didn't want Jokic uh, suspended, yeah, so that probably had something to do with it. But Jokic had a really big game tonight. Um, Triple double, twenty nine points, twelve assists, thirteen rebounds. So he was the uh, uh, the star of this game. Although Durant had a good game too, uh, but yeah, one eighteen, one hundred two. Uh, so three two uh, Nuggets. Um, I think. I think it seems like from our perspective, the NBA playoffs are going a bit better than the NHL playoffs are, where it seems like all of the fair weather, sunny. Recent additions are those are my uh, teams. We're talking about playing strongly, been going better, going worse. <laughs> Based maybe. on your predictions, maybe, but maybe uh, they've lost all three games to the Panthers. Uh, the Hurricanes are going to beat the Devils. It looks like unless something miraculous happens, three games. I think they're up three three one, and then. Uh, Vegas and Dallas are both um, either winning or tied in their series. So, um, although I don't do, know if I want. Do you, do you think? Um, do you think Florida is like the the hot team right now? Since they they beat Boston, who had the best record in the NHL, the history of the NHL <laughs> regular season, uh, and now up three zero in their series. You know, in the second series, right? Are they are they the team to beat now? Uh possibly, although you could say maybe it's Carolina because Carolina was the other number one seed mm-hmm. in the East and they're up three one over the Devils. So uh I wouldn't I guess you I guess I d I don't know, but perhaps maybe it is um the Panthers simply because they've won four straight and are are cruising right now. Well, they're they're knocking off the top seeds, though, right? So yeah, they're knocking off the one and a two. Yeah, yeah. Um, are yeah. you are you watching all, any of these games, or 
parts. Not really. I watched. I've, I've watched highlights. I, I, I watched some of the Boston, uh, Florida series, and I've watched a little bit of the Edmonton, um, Vegas, uh, series when I've had time. Um, since it's been final exam time period uh, for me, yeah. so I haven't really been doing a lot this last week in terms of watching sports. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to maybe getting a little bit more time in the next next couple of weeks. But yeah, I want. Um, yeah, I, I want. I don't want the warm weather teams. Uh, to, to, yeah, <laughs> it, it's nothing new. And, it's supposed to be cold. That's what you. That's what you said last nice. week. Yeah, I don't. I, I. I. So the Edmonton is the Canadian team that's still kind of in it, I, unless you think that Toronto is going to battle back. But um, they're still playing games, at least anyway. In yeah, Toronto. Yes, Toronto can win four straight. Um, Edmonton um, is only down two to one. Yeah, so that's not too bad. Um, so. That's what I, I want to see. Those I want to see. Yeah, Toronto, Edmonton. If failing that, I guess uh, the Devils against Edmonton, um, or maybe Seattle, uh, since they're uh, they have a history of hockey going back to the seven nineteen seventeen. Yes. we talked about last week or two weeks ago now. Yeah, it's hard, to, hard to remember our, our journeys through the past. I think it was just last week, actually. So was it last week? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, I don't have much else to say about hockey. We'll see how we'll see how these series turn out, and then we'll have the probably by the time we come back next week, we'll have both the Eastern and Western Conference matchups set, or maybe maybe, maybe unless, they go, unless they unless they go some of these series go longer than we think. Uh, we might we yeah. might not. Um, you want to switch gears? Talk about uh, the Chiefs and the NFL. Sure. There was a fair bit of NFL news. Uh, Last week, even between the time that we uh, recorded our episode and then uh, aired it on Thursday, the Chiefs picked up another offensive tackle, Donovan Smith. I missed this entirely. I didn't even know this happened until today and you mentioned it. (laughs) Yeah, they got Donovan Smith from the Tampa Bay, or not from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, lately of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was released by Tampa. Um, He had been their starting tackle for nearly a decade and on the left side on the left side yeah Tristan Wirfs was on the right side and you know uh, I think Wirfs was drafted to be like the left tackle of the future but Donovan Smith continued to play at a high level on the left and was um, you know Super Bowl champion left tackle for Tampa when they beat the Chiefs uh, uh, three years ago now or two years ago uh, depending on how you want to count um, right and um, seasons ago yeah so uh, now he's a chief, and it seems like Jawan Taylor, the other newly acquired tackle, picked up from a Florida team by the Chiefs, is going to move on the right side, which has has hit, been his normal position. So does it? Because they they were we were talking a few weeks ago, I guess, right, about him expecting to switch to the left side, but now maybe does not have to switch. At least not this year. We think, at least if. Smith plays well. He's he's got a fairly small contract for somebody of his caliber. He was injured last year, so maybe that's so maybe some maybe he's possibly thought to be washed up at least in some circles. I guess hmm. why he signed a contract for 
he's, he's only 29 years old, so he's, you know, he's washed up. He's 15 years younger than we are. Uh, but he was born in 1993. Oh, he's almost 30. He'll be 30 in June. Um, but uh, former Penn State uh, alumnus. And uh, yeah, he played for eight seasons uh, for Tampa, uh, uh, Tampa Bay. And when was when was he drafted then? He was drafted in 2015 in the 34th overall pick of uh, the draft. And he um, uh, had wow. recently had signed a had signed a decent sized contract, but not not one as but he had was released last year before uh, the last year of his contract. Um, so right now it looks like um He'll play left tackle, but uh, the right tackle, uh, Juwan Taylor, is going to make $20 million this year, which is as much as a lot of left tackles, not even a lot of left tackles make. So uh, the Chiefs have really invested a lot of money into their line. Do you think this makes the Chiefs' offensive line better than it was last year? Um, Orlando Brown, Andrew Wiley out, Juwan Taylor, Donovan Smith in with the same three in the middle? I mean, it seems like it... I don't know. I don't know how to evaluate tackle play is really what it comes down to for my, from my perspective, at least anyway, it seems like they've added guys that, you know, have been around the league. So it's not like you're up to start from scratch. Uh, so as long as Donovan Smith is healthy, it's should be at least a lateral move at left tackle. Right. And. Uh, yeah, that's, I think that's the hope. And I think maybe overall lateral move, but, but I think they think that um, Smith and Taylor provide an upgrade for pass blocking, which I think mm. they see as more necessary to protect Patrick Mahomes than having a good running game. Yeah, and so I think I think uh, Orlando uh, Brown especially was seen as more of a run blocking uh, tackle, and and uh, so you know the Chiefs, you know they run the ball occasionally, but I think uh, in terms of pass blocking and pressures on Mahomes, they want to they want to keep him as as uh, pristine as possible upright and untouched yeah exactly and it was i think it's and usually the sacks seem to come from this is i guess it's normal it's it's the outside guys that that get most of the sacks but the inside was very solid with humphrey at center and the tuning and um smith as guards but the the right and left tackles were that were the places it seemed like where uh, you could get pressure on the chiefs um and so I think maybe they think it's a change of pace is gonna gonna do well. And if and if uh, I guess if Smith can protect a geriatric Tom Brady fairly well, he could probably protect a relatively more uh, youthful Mahomes. And they still have some depth um, with other players to tackle, like on the roster still. So they're not having to go too far outside of who they know. Yeah. Um, for for at least for backups too so if there is an injury they aren't you know hopefully dropping off so far that it's a you know a real risk to Mahomes' health yeah because last week we were just talking about well they drafted Wani morris we thought was going to challenge lucas niang maybe on the right side Mm -hmm. Uh, niang was a recent third round pick as well Wani morris was a third round pick this year so maybe one of those people guys will play the right tackle um that seems like it's a battle maybe for next year now if you can the idea maybe is that Smith uh, plays 
well, if he plays well, maybe he'll uh, warrant a large contract and maybe the Chiefs wouldn't be able to afford him. So that's maybe when you move Taylor to left and find a new right tackle. Uh, Darian Kennard's on the roster. Fifth round draft pick last year, who was leaves possibly to tackle the future. Maybe he's moved into guard now. Um, Nick Allegretti, a uh, solid interior lineman for many years, uh, is still on the roster. Maybe one of those guys, Kennard or Allegretti, will replace Tooney after next year. Um, don't, don't forget uh, Winogo, though, right? Too? Oh, yeah, Prince uh, Tega Winogo, who is also was seen as a tackle of the future. So there's a lot of um, good players, it seems like the Chiefs have, which is, you know, they're going to have to let go of some of these players probably, uh, if not this, uh, maybe this year even, uh, just to try to, um, you know, there's only 53, 53 people on the roster, salary cap issues, um, especially uh, now since it seems like maybe Patrick Mahomes is going to get even more money uh, because he's been passed by a lot of quarterbacks the last year or two. In terms of average annual salary, uh, there's rumor that he will receive a new contract before the year starts. Uh, have you heard anything about that? Yeah, I read one article just recently that mentioned that uh, they're suggesting maybe adding a couple of years to the end of the contract at higher values. So now they, I think now they're past some of that, um, you know, area where they're trying to save as much cash as possible early in the contract. But maybe now they can, you know, use it as a bonus kind of thing too. And and uh, they may be a little freer with cash, um, you know, sooner rather than later, even too. So, yeah. Uh, but I, I guess that there there are ways to like tack on additional years at high value to get the uh, overall average up higher. So there's a lot of uh, apparently accounting work that goes into like what the value of the contract is and the average annual value. Uh, and it seems like maybe at that effect. point whatever he's making 50 plus million dollars what will be less uh than even what other people are making too it's like you're going that far in advance it seems like with inflation and of, of quarterback salaries um whatever the chiefs end up offering is probably going to not be the the highest uh paid uh you know not going to make him the highest paid player in that year so yeah uh, it's one, yeah, and, and maybe it doesn't even matter because since those those are the years that are going to get changed around and things anyway, so just maybe symbolic. Um, but I, I I don't know if Mahomes really cares if he's the number one paid guy all the time. Um, maybe he does somewhat. I think, um, but I think he likes to be recognized as the best. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. I think Chris Jones is probably needing a, a contract restructuring extension to possibly uh, make the salary cap a little more manageable this year as as well. Yeah. Um, so that I, those are economic issues that are not quite as fun uh, to talk about. Um, I wanted to mention one other Chiefs uh, news story from the past couple of days, and that was involving Isaiah Pacheco, uh, seventh round draft pick who had such a good season. For the Chiefs this past year. Um, Pacheco was apparently injured during the playoff run. He had a broken hand and a torn labrum uh, in one of his shoulders and had surgery on that. So he was uh, in the Super Bowl, at least, with all those injuries. Did you notice any of those injuries? or what? Well, it, it didn't seem like he wasn't um, popping up quite as fast as he would normally in the, <laughs> late in the playoff run, but that's, you know, 
you know, you'd guess maybe just, you know, wear and tear over the course of the uh, playoffs, but I wouldn't have guessed broken hand and torn labrum, you know, both that would require surgery in the off season. That's uh that's a little surprising to hear. Yeah, I guess maybe that's one of the reasons why Pacheco wasn't maybe used out of the backfield as a receiver quite as much. Uh, you as, think it would make it much more difficult to catch a pass if your hand is broken? I guess depending yeah. on which, which hand it is and how. Or I guess your labrum, you have to reach out whichever arm that was. They didn't they didn't mention which hand or which labrum. Uh, yeah. So and I think it was a shoulder labrum, not a hip uh, labrum. Yeah. But yeah, so that was interesting. Uh, Does that solidify his uh, tough guy status then too to um, play in a game like that with multiple injuries that require surgery? I think it really does. Um, it's yeah, remarkable. He, he's he guess he's young too. He's a kid, so maybe when you're a kid, you know these these things don't hurt quite as uh, quite as much as they do when you get to be our age for sure. But yeah, it's it's it makes I think it makes his performance even more impressive, and the Chiefs' um, victory even even a little bit more impressive. I know you know everybody's banged up and things like that, and there were some news stories about um, you know these other guys getting surgeries and things like that. Mahomes, of course, was hurt um, as well, but yeah, I think this only is going to probably uh, win fans, win even more fans over for uh, Pacheco. Um, did we talk about Jeremy McKinnon signing? With the Chiefs last week, I think we did. We know it yet, or we think he was about to be signed. Maybe was yeah. That yeah, yeah. So he's so the Chiefs have two running backs plus two plus Edwards Edwards Alaire still on the contract. So the top three running backs from last year are still mm. on the team. Um, we'll, and Edwards Alaire presumably is going to be healthier than he was towards the end of last year. So you know they might picked be up a, a couple guys in the um, undrafted free agent class as well. I think. Mm-hmm. So they've got, they've got some extra depth, seemingly at the position. Yeah, the, yeah going we'll, into we'll the training camps, we'll see if any of those undrafted free agents end up making um, the roster. Did uh, do you remember if any of the undrafted free agents made uh, the Chiefs roster last year? Well, uh, I was looking at kind of that stuff earlier. Uh, but I don't. I didn't look. I don't believe any. Steps. I don't believe any. I don't believe any did, uh, according to my just my quick from, la- from last year. Yeah, twenty twenty two draft. No, twenty twenty two draft picks were undrafted free agents by the Chiefs. Twenty twenty one draft. Uh, Malik Herring was an undrafted draft pick, and he made the roster. He, I guess, he made the roster again. This past year, he and Joshua Kando were kind of the fringe defensive ends that we kept. Yeah, hard to see if I would doubt both of them are going to be on the team next year, or either of them maybe with the um, Amenihu pickup in the um, uh, Uzama, Adina K Uzama draft. Uh, but we'll see what happens with the Chiefs roster. Still a lot of time. Any other I'm NFL? Sure uh, Tommy Townsend was an undrafted free agent. Oh Chiefs- yeah, his brother Johnny Townsend. Uh, was also a punter. He was drafted the year before by the Raiders. Uh, he's also been on the Chiefs packing squad, but he was, um, I believe, a fifth round or a sixth round pick in 2019. Hmm. Uh, but uh, Tommy, it seems like, has had the better NFL career. Um, Tershawn Wharton was also, uh, um, 
a undrafted creation from the former University of Missouri Rolla, aka Missouri S and T. Do you ever call it Must or is it? <laughs> I always called it Must because it's funnier. Is it still Rolla to you? I think of it as Rolla, but if I see it written out, I always think of it as Must. Must. Missouri University of Science and Technology. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tyler Huntley was also an undrafted free agent in 2020. Who was pro a pro Tyler Hunt- Huntley last season? Yes, he was the. Um, uh, yeah, Pro Bowl replacement in the AFC, and uh, who did not do terribly well, if I remember correctly, in the skills challenge. He may have cost uh, my team over here uh, in the skills challenge, but um, he, it seems like, will not have to uh, be the starter anymore in Baltimore because of contract. We didn't, I don't think we actually talked about that last week, though, did we? I don't, it's hard to say. Uh, but yeah. I think we mentioned it briefly. Um, yeah. But yeah, Jackson got his contract, which is basically the exact same contract that Jalen Hurts. Well, maybe we did got, mention it. Yeah. Got, right. Maybe a million dollars more here or there. Yeah. But um, it was essentially the Hurts contract. Knowing what you do now, would you rather have Hurts or Lamar Jackson for the same amount of money for five years? If I am, which team? Any team? Me. Who would I? Who would I rather have? Yeah, I'd take Hurts because he has less injury history and has gone deeper in the playoffs. That'd be my. Yeah, I, I a can little see bit, that. A little bit younger. I would take Lamar Jackson because I think he's more explosive and dynamic. Yeah, um, but I think it really depends on your te- on which team you have, though, right? Because if you if you have like really good receivers, then. You probably don't really want either one of them because they're going to run so much that it doesn't really matter what receivers you have. Well, that's what the I guess that's what the Eagles have, and it's what the uh, it's not what the maybe it's what the Ravens will have because they have Odell Beckham and some uh, new new pickups, Zay Jones, uh, Zay Flowers. Um, but right. if I were the Jets, for example, I would rather have either of those players than an aging. Aaron Rodgers, although Aaron Rodgers seems to be a little bit reinvigorated, and he's been uh, seen about town at the um, he was at the Met Gala uh, that mm. Patrick Mahomes attended. Mahomes mm. had, Mahomes has been really out and about. He went to the Met Gala, which is like the, the fancy uh, um, Anna Wintour thing, and uh, then he went to the Kentucky Derby where he announced uh, gave the announcement for the riders to mount their horses, and oh. then he went to the Miami uh, Formula One uh, Grand Prix race um so he he uh, he's been was those on the same day the were they they were the same weekend basically the weekend so the same, yeah wow yeah he was a i think i know josh allen a lot of a lot of nfl players were at the kentucky derby did you hmm. watch the kentucky derby totally forgot about it i watched the kentucky derby uh mage uh won uh, that race. Is, that who, is that who you picked? I forgot to turn turn in my pick, so I, I get no credit for it. No, him. it was not one of the ones I picked. I, I thought of his name as a potential one. Um, his grandparents are interesting. His his grandsires, his grandsire, and his damn sire. So his damn sire was his was be his maternal grandfather. His was uh, his so his paternal grandfather. It was Curlin. A um, a Preakness uh, 2007 Preakness winner, also a big, uh, big, big winner in um, 
the mid 2000s horse of the year 2007 2008 and uh his other grandfather is big brown who was uh the who won the 2008 kentucky derby and the 2008 preakness so he has very strong uh bloodlines so maybe we should have seen mm. um, mage coming uh, my daughter marie is a big horse fan and and she said that she liked mage the whole time so she so she uh i believe predicted um you better get your life savings ready to bet yeah. on the on the uh the next race yeah. that comes up here yeah it's not very far it's not too long away right isn't it a couple weeks yeah, it should be in two weeks yeah uh, in in uh yeah right yeah it'll be may 20th so uh 10 days from this air so uh yeah two weeks from the uh, preview from the Kentucky derby and i believe three weeks after the preakness is belmont um so like i assume that mage will run in preakness so you and i have one week to prepare for our like betting spectacular yeah around the next horse race Yeah, right. Right now, Mage is the three to one favorite. So, um, the big favorite of, I believe, um, was a horse that was um, scratched right before. Um, no, well, that's got to be infuriating to the betters, then, isn't it? Well, that was, I believe, um, um, uh, there were several horses that died uh, uh, over the Derby weekend. Yeah. So that was kind of marred. Uh, uh, a otherwise exciting uh, event, but um, yeah, Forte was the um, uh, favorite who was scratched right beforehand. So um, I don't know if he's going to get like a bruised hoof or something. I'm not sure uh, if he's going mm-hmm. to run in the uh, um, uh, in, in the final race, but it was. Um, yeah, Mage, who was a fifteen to one uh, favorite, or fifteen to one underdog uh, to win hmm. uh, that race, was was first. And uh, hmm. yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. A couple weeks. I'm not really a big horse racing person, but I, I end up paying attention to horses a lot more because of, of Marie. Uh, uh, we watched. We watched some of the Kentucky Derby events, as well, the Kentucky Derby events as well uh, this past weekend. So you'll, you'll, have, you'll have to get her picks in for the next uh the next race on our next I show. Will. Yeah. You can have your you own picks, what? but also have her picks too. <laughs> yeah, knowing what yeah, if I had paid attention to who knowing who um Mage's uh 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 bloodlines were, maybe I would have picked uh yeah. uh that. Oh, his um, father as well was named Good Magic, who finished uh, second to justify the Triple Crown winner oh. in, in the Kentucky Derby in 2018. So that's maybe something I should maybe I'll, I'll have to look in for uh, uh, for next time is just to see whose uh, parents uh, and grandparents these horses have. <laughs> yeah, well, well, maybe we can do that. And see what the uh, the the Vegas odds are. So who? What's more accurate, the lineage or Vegas odds? Uh, put them head to head and see who's who's better at predicting outcomes. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I guess. I guess. Yeah. Well. Past we'll, performance. It's. It's. I don't know. It's probably whatever the. I don't know. Uh, uh, as time goes on, it's whatever the gamblers know. Um, and I don't know if it's. Um, it's probably a fool's errand uh, to get too deep into this, unless you're really, really, really good. But degenerate gamblers edition next week is what we're saying. Perhaps we'll have to. Well. Yeah, I guess we'll have to do that next week. And uh, <laughs> yeah, good magic was the uh, uh, father of, of of mage. And I, I, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, his his uh, his trainer was from Venezuela. Hmm. Uh, as different from mostly mostly the mostly American or Japanese trainers I think in the in the race. So it's it's uh maybe something to uh I don't know, something to something to celebrate, I suppose. But um yeah. I don't know, what else do we have to celebrate? But do you should maybe we should celebrate the potential ending of this week's episode. I think we've been rambling a little rambling a little less maybe than usual. Uh perhaps because we were rambling so much more than usual before we went on the air. Uh, it's two oh nine a.m. currently on Wednesday morning here in the East Coast, uh, where where I am located. So um, it's definitely probably time to time to sign off. But uh, we'll be back next week to talk more about the Royals, who hopefully will have at least thirteen wins <laughs> on on uh, to their resume. Uh, maybe closer to fifteen if we're really Ooh. lucky. Wow. Well, I don't know. I'm predicting. Well, yeah, I think if they, if they have if they have 15 wins, I will be ecstatic. Uh, you know, would, I don't. I don't believe there's an off day, so they've got a they've got more opportunities for wins. Yeah, they'd be approaching. Day. Yeah, they'd be approaching a um maybe a 350 winning percentage if they went five and two over their next seven games. So that's. Uh, Still really yeah. bad, but not You're getting as kind of crazy here, Mike. Bad as as things could be. We'll see what happens with the NHL and NBA playoffs. We'll find out a little bit more about the NFL, but it's really we're just treading water and talking about uh, a few roster uh, moves here and there, or notable uh, incidents uh, off the field. So, uh, but eh, we, we we still have to fill every week here on the uh, One Drink Power. So we're gonna uh, we're gonna cram it with as much. Uh, you know, as many insights, as many anecdotes as, as we can, but those will have to wait for until next, wait until next week. So until then, I am Dr. Michael Warman. He is Dr. Andrew Scaff. We are the Warning Trek Power Hour. Please like and or subscribe to our podcast here, which seems to be growing in viewership over the last couple of weeks. If, if you, if you haven't noticed, uh, we're, we're getting into the dozens of, 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 of viewers now from the um, hand, we will say handful of viewers that we usually uh, yes. get on, on YouTube. Plus, you, I'm not sure what our, our, our uh, podcast uh, listeners, how, it's how, how I mean, they number what it's some, it's some, yeah. YouTube, but, but it's some, <laughs> yeah, it's sure there, there are a lot of shut ins and uh, you know, death row prisoners that I'm sure uh, find some solace in hearing our voices each week. Must yeah. be. <laughs> 
that's who I assume that was. That's who I assume wasn't to us. It's, it's the, it's. The, <laughs> but maybe, maybe they're, but maybe they're more run of the mill uh, uh, types. Your your bakers, your uh, your you know your liverymen, your uh, seamstresses, anybody from the nineteenth century that might be a uh, stevedores, uh, maybe Steve, stevedores, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. The longshoremen. I like the stevedores <laughs> as well. Using their cuspidors, I'm sure. Uh, spitting every uh, two to five minutes because of their tobacco intake. But um, we, will, we won't be back in two to five minutes. We'll be back in approximately seven calendar days. And uh, uh, in, the, in the meantime, we'll, we'll, we will bid you Good day.